Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I hope you have a good Mother's Day. I wish we could be together to encourage you in person, but we're glad it's Mother's Day and we appreciate you. Hey, I want to give you a heads up that it looks like, Lord willing, we will have the opportunity to be meeting in person next week on May the 17th, and we will let you know of all the details of our corporate worship gathering and all the guidelines and safety precautions that we're going to follow to allow us to be back together corporately. But, but keep in mind, there is always going to be an online option uh, where you can stay at home, you can continue to watch from home and worship with us. But next week, Lord willing, on May 17th, we will be back together and we'll keep you informed through, through email, through the website, through um, the letter in a mail or even through Facebook. So be looking for that. You know, there is a, a mission field in India. It's filled with suffering and poverty and abuse and, and disease and even death. But thankfully, there are a variety of, of missionaries uh, during in this part of, of the world who are ministering with grace and truth and love and the gospel. And I'm sure there's a variety of qualifications for these missionaries to be there, and they have to have an aptitude for this work and to be teachable. But one of the one qualifications that I've seen that this organization requires of all their missionaries is that they have to have a joyful attitude. That no matter what's going on, of disease and death, they have to have a joyful attitude. Not, not a, a chipper, bouncing off the walls, happy-go-lucky attitude. No, no. But there's a strong, joyful attitude that no matter what's going on, they have joy in the Lord. What about you? Would you describe your life as one who has a joyful attitude? That no matter what is going on, you have this stable joy in the Lord. Now, I know there's a lot going on right now. People are in quarantine, uh, shut down, can't get out much. And there may be a lot of struggles, particularly during this time where it's hard to have joy. But even beyond the, the current pandemic, it is difficult for many of us to find joy in some of our circumstances. I've talked to some this week within our body of Christ who are, are struggling with illness and diagnosis that are very, very brutal. And yet I talk to some of them and they have joy in the Lord. And there are others in our congregation, of course, in our world who are struggling in their relationships. They have some clashes, some difficulties, and yet some of them still have a joyful attitude. And yet, there are still others that are going through some challenging economic hardships and uncertain futures. And once again, there is this joy coming up. 
Now, if I'm reading the Bible right, and I think I am, I think the Bible is saying that you can choose joy no matter what's going on. You can choose to have this resilient joy no matter your circumstances. In fact, I would say that you can have a defiant joy where your joy can not even make sense based upon your circumstances, but it's defiant. And in the face of the struggle, you choose to have joy in the Lord. Well, as you can tell, we're going to talk about joy again. We talked about a resilient joy last week, and we're going to talk about joy again because the book of Philippians is just bursting with joy. And as we saw last week, the Apostle Paul, he, he wrote a variety of expressions of joy in his prayers and his gospel partnership with the Philippians. But this week, we're going to see the Apostle Paul express deep joy in certain situations that are not turning out the way that he expected. A deep-seated joy in challenging and difficult and painful trials. You ever, you ever felt that way? Where you expected life to go this way and it went the opposite way. And yet, there can be joy. And that's Paul, remember? Let's recall, he is in prison. He's chained to a guard. He has had many in the church turn against him, and yet he has this joy that's overflowing. And I think if we're reading this rightly, Paul has this joy because he has a particular perspective. And as he reflects upon his imprisonment, he has a unique God-centered perspective that can be broken down into three parts where he basically says, I'm encouraged. I'm glad. I'm hopeful. And Paul says these things when you think it doesn't fit the circumstances. And I want to tell you this morning that you can have joy that doesn't fit your circumstances. Your circumstances may say you should be bitter, you should be afraid, you should be angry, and yet you can have joy from a certain God-centered perspective that the Apostle Paul had, he wants the Philippians to have, and we can have. So let's go ahead and jump in and see at first where Paul says, I'm encouraged. Look at Philippians chapter 1, starting at verse 12. Now I want you to know, brethren that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. Paul is saying that what has happened to him has actually served to advance the cause of the gospel. His circumstances that he mentions here have led to a variety of situations in the past where he has faced false accusations, a mob wanted him dead, imprisonment, a trial that was a mockery as he was insulted and misrepresented it, and eventually he's going to be executed. In the midst of all this, once again, he says in verse 12 that his circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. 
He wanted to arrive in Rome as a preacher, and yet he arrived in Rome as a prisoner. And he still says, those circumstances right there have caused the gospel to advance. How so? Verse 13. So that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. Paul's plan was to go to Rome as a preacher. God's plan was for Paul to go to Rome as a prisoner preacher. As he is in prison, he is chained to a guard throughout the day. And if there's two to three shifts per day, then that is an opportunity for Paul to talk to two to three soldiers each day about Jesus Christ. And these are not normal soldiers. But if you notice, this is the elite Praetorian Guard. These are Caesar's special guards in Rome. About 9,000 of them. And as Paul is chained to these elite guards, he is sharing the gospel with them. And he says the gospel is now well known throughout the whole Praetorium Guard and to everyone else. Paul's not complaining about his circumstances. He's preaching the gospel. He's not grumbling about being in jail. He's just sharing Christ. This past Easter, last month, was probably the first time that many of you did not gather in a church to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that was a, a discouraging moment for some of you. And it's, it's a big deal. We want to gather together. We want to, we want to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And as preachers, that's a big day. We want to preach Christ. But is it possible that this year, across the globe, as many people were watching online, that we could say this situation turned out for the greater progress of the gospel? How so? Because it's likely that this past Easter, more people heard the gospel on that day than maybe on any other day in history. As church services were streamed around the world online, think about it, the millions and millions and millions who heard the gospel. And we could say, yes, it would be our preferences to be worshiping them in the church together, but could we say that maybe that situation on this past Easter turned out to advance the cause of the gospel. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Be encouraged. That's some good perspective. Be encouraged. God's doing something. Look at verse 14. Let's keep going with this encouragement. And that most of the brethren, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more encouraged to speak the word of God without fear. Not only has the cause of the gospel advanced, but other believers are emboldened to share Christ. That Paul's imprisonment has actually caused others to speak the word of God without fear. Now you think that it would be opposite. 
that Paul gets beaten and thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. And the logic should be, well, if that happened to Paul, I'm not going to preach the gospel because I don't want that to happen to me. And yet God flips the logic here and shows us that the opposite happens. People preach the gospel more courageously and fearlessly because boldness inspires boldness. Boldness inspires boldness. You remember Jim Elliott? Preached the gospel with his brothers and, and the Lord to the Aka Indians. And what happened? They were murdered. And yet, the college he went to, Wheaton College, many were stirred up for his seeing his boldness, and many of the graduates of Wheaton College went on to commit their lives to missions. Why? Boldness inspires boldness. Are you starting to see why Paul is saying, be encouraged? It's because the gospel is heard. People are bold and share in their faith. He's not complaining, but he's encouraged the gospel is going out. And it seems as if he is encouraged by his chains and i would say figuratively speaking you can be encouraged by your chains as well i know they're figurative chains there may be situations and circumstances you did not plan but maybe you can be encouraged because god is using your chains to progress the gospel to see it get out i was reading about this pastor he got injured in an accident and he was in and he was in the hospital and while he was in the hospital, he got a letter from a man that he did not know. It was a letter of encouragement. and said, look, I, I see that you're there, and I'm praying for your healing. But as time passed, the pastor got out of the hospital. He actually got to meet this man one day. And he discovered that this man who wrote him a letter in the hospital, who was praying for him, he discovered that this man was blind. He's diabetic. And he was taking care of his elderly mother. And his guy took time out of his schedule to write the pastor letter. In fact, this man also traveled around preaching the gospel at youth groups, at high school assemblies. He preached the gospel at businessmen's meetings. He didn't use his circumstances to hold him down, but in the midst of his figurative chains, he proclaimed Christ. No matter what you're going through right now, no matter what change you've been feeling, be encouraged. God may be working something that you cannot see where the gospel is progressing. Well, not only does Paul want them to be encouraged, Paul also says, I'm glad. And I'm telling you, the reason why Paul says he's glad is that I was never glad at what he's glad about. So what we're about to read, I've never said I'm glad what he's glad about. All right. So look at verse 15 and 17. Verse 15. Now, some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. Okay, 
Let's set up the, the scenario. Paul is in prison, and yet people are still preaching the gospel. Some are doing it out of good motives, but others are doing it out of bad motives. And those who are doing it out of bad motives have an accurate presentation of the gospel, but they are doing it to stir up problems for Paul. If you notice that their motives are envy, strife, and selfish ambition, they do not have pure motives. Paul is out of the way, and now it's their turn to shine. They are all about elevating themselves and sticking it to Paul. But when these people go out of their way to stick it to Paul, he has an interesting response. And I'm just going to tell you that when people try to stick it to me, I often crumble emotionally and internally. But look what Paul does. Look at his mindset. Look at verse 18. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. <laughs> Paul doesn't focus on himself, but on Christ. He's like, what does it matter? People are sticking it to me, so what? The gospel is getting out. I rejoice. I'm glad. Praise God, the gospel is getting out because Paul's ultimate aim and focus is Jesus Christ. And, and I need that. Like I said, when I'm under fire, I have to worry about my reputation or my own standing or, or my future. But with this focus, it doesn't have to be all about me, me, me. Because when I read this, I can see that there can be a switch flipped and with the switch flipped the focus can be on jesus christ and when the focus is on jesus christ it is not about my reputation but it is about my redeemer and if christ is your focus and is the perspective you can have then you can continually take the arrows that are aimed at you and focus on Christ and Christ alone. Well, lastly here, not only does he say, I'm encouraged and I'm glad, he says, I'm hopeful. Look at verse, once again, the end of 18 all the way through 20. Yes, and I'll rejoice, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Another aspect that is fueling Paul's deep-seated joy is hope. He has this earnest expectation and hope that through the prayers of the Philippians and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, that what has happened to him, that is his imprisonment, will turn out for his deliverance. Now, are you thinking, well, is Paul so sure he's going to get out of jail? No, he said, it's going to turn out for my deliverance. If you notice, once again, in verse 20, he says, Christ will be exalted in his body, whether by life or by death. If you drill down to what he's saying here, he's saying, look, I'm going to be delivered in this life or in the next. 
And this hope continues to fuel his boldness and joy because whatever happens, whether he gets out of the jail or we've executed, he is safe in Christ. Uncertainty about the future trips up a lot of us. Uncertainty about the future can trip me up. It can make it very crippling to know. I want to know the outcome, right? This whole thing where our church has been uh, shut down for eight weeks, I've been wondering, when are we going to reopen? And I, it's like I'm daily searching for hints and clues when we can be back together. And it can be crippling. And, and same with my kids in their school, my college students, you know, took a while for their classes to get canceled and moved online this spring and they're they're wondering if they're going to go back this fall and my younger kids I'm, I'm starting to wonder if their school is going to open ever again for eternity and so these uncertainties can be crippling and can trip us up but those are minor issues i know some of you are are waiting for some outcomes of test results waiting for some outcomes uh, for some healings, waiting for some outcomes on some reconciliation to happen in relationships. And it's hard. It's hard for me to look ahead. And maybe it's hard for you to look ahead and to say, whatever happens, I'm going to be delivered one way or the other. How does Paul do that? Let me give a quote to you from Stephen Lawson. Stephen Lawson says, Paul lays his head on the pillow of the sovereignty of God and he sleeps well on it. Paul lays his head on the pillow of the sovereignty of God and he sleeps well on it. What he's saying is that we can be hopeful no matter what we are going through because God is sovereign and in control. We can go to bed at night not knowing the outcomes, not knowing what's going to happen, but to believe that God has a plan. God loves us. He loves you. He has a plan. You can go to bed, sleep well. You can live your day and lay your head on the pillow of God's sovereignty and rest in it because God has a plan and he's working his plan. And that means you can be hopeful that whatever he determines is going to happen, it will be for your good and for his glory. That's the Apostle Paul. He's in jail. He's chained. People are turned against him. And he says, hey, I'm encouraged. I'm glad. I'm hopeful. I'm encouraged the gospel's getting out through my chains. I'm glad Christ is being preached. I don't care who's hitting me. Christ is being preached. And I'm hopeful that whatever happens... It's a good plan. God's got me. Oh, this is, this is so encouraging. The, Paul is encouraged. He's glad. And he's hopeful. And he wants the same for you. You can think about viewing your containment or your isolation over these last couple months. You can start to view it as a means for the advancement of the gospel. I know some of you have used this time as an opportunity to encourage our frontline uh, workers. Many of you have made masks for them and notes of encouragement. I know that in my house, there are a, a few, not me, but a few of 
uh, have made a number of cards that have grown exponentially over the last two months where tons of cards have been sent out to a variety of people to encourage them. Maybe this time of containment and isolation is a chance for you to minister to someone who's lost a job or it's in a difficult family hardship. Start to view this time as maybe it's an opportunity that my figurative chains, my difficulties, that the gospel can get out, that I can be a witness no matter what happens. My brothers and sisters, we don't have all the answers and all the solutions during this time, but we have hope in Jesus Christ. And the world needs this ultimate hope for deep and enduring joy. So, be encouraged, be glad, be hopeful. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.